This is a Rooster Teeth production. Hey, everyone. We have a special supplementary episode of Black Box Down for you today. It's Gus and Chris. Hello, Chris. Hello, Gus. And, uh, you know, recently we had, we launched a uh, an animated kind of like, what, what would you call it? An animated? Animated show. Animated show. It's a show. show. It's a full-on it's show, show, Gus. Yeah, it's an animated show called Aviation Explanation where we take moments from Black Box. Well, we don't take these moments. An animation team takes moments from Black Box Down and animates them to try to explain maybe some of the more difficult things that we talk about, uh, that we have like a little bit of a visual to go along with it. Yeah. There were six episodes total. I think they were great. I might be a little biased. I don't know about you. No, no, no. They were great. I mean, you are biased, but that doesn't mean they weren't great. Okay. And you can find them on um, our YouTube channel. Black Box Down. Mm-hmm. And then also on uh, Rooster Teeth, our like, home base. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you search, It's called Black Box Down Aviation Explanation. Yeah, I think that there's only four episodes on YouTube, and then all six are on Rooster Teeth. So if, you, yeah. if you've seen the ones on YouTube, be advised, there's two more on Rooster Teeth. Mm-hmm. But we're joined today by the people who are way more talented than us who actually make the show. And we have uh, Al, Andrew, and Jordan with us. I don't know if uh, you guys want to introduce yourselves and maybe like say what your title is. Well, I'm Jordan. Thank you for having me. <laughs> I'm Jordan. the genius. I'm the brains <laughs> of the whole operation. <laughs> Just kidding. Uh, I am. My title is creative director for uh, direct animation at Rooster Teeth, and uh, it's my job to kind of oversee these types of projects and stuff. And if need be, like direct them or help develop them. My particular role with uh, Aviation Explanation was kind of working with um, Al, who I'm sure will introduce himself right after me, to kind of establish the look and uh, kind of the um, the feel and just kind of how we were going to do the show because we've never done something like this before. It was a really interesting uh, new project and challenge to take on. I'm Al <laughs> McClellan Jr. I'm a senior production artist, uh, Rooster Teeth Animation, uh, the direct team, which means I kind of put out creative fires a lot of the time uh, from like storyboards to making backgrounds to designing uh, characters and props for our many different animation projects. Al's like a Swiss army knife of uh, art. <laughs> <laughs> He's definitely the best. Just for like specific to like this project, what did you do? So for this project, when Jordan brought it to us, uh, I helped figure out the initial look and we wanted to try and land, land, get it. It's a plane show. (laughs) Um, We we wanted to land that plane somewhere between a textbook and like a airplane safety pamphlet and have a bunch of diagrams with labels and things like that. And just the nature of the production, we ended up closer to a pamphlet uh, with a lot less like background labels but i feel like we landed in a really good spot like it it, i don't know i'm i'm really happy with the way it turned out uh and as jordan said it's also something we haven't done before like this level of like detail in infographics and so being able to do stuff like that was a whole lot of fun uh i guess that leaves me uh hi i'm andrew i'm the 2d director for all the animated adventures we have a lot of them now um but for this project especially, I helped basically wrap everything up. Once once Jordan and Al did the did the hard part of creating everything, I just organized and helped the animators really get that edutainment factor done and uh, really wrap it all up. So it it I I didn't do the hard part really, honestly. Al and, and Jordan really uh, made the look that we were going for, and I just I just helped finish it up. 
that's kind of nonsense because what I gave you was just storyboards plus you, like fancy yeah, but they storyboards. Were, they you, were so clean though. You eh. you did a lot of work. <laughs> it it was very easy for us to to actually animate everything that you you made because it was so in detail. It was it was it was perfect. Anyhow, and, Andrew's great. Do you wanna and, do you wanna <laughs> fight over who worked the hardest? It uh, doesn't. I I, no. will, I will lay down. <laughs> Al definitely. I think everyone the will agree that Al Al did the most work. On yes. This. <laughs> take take the praise, Al. You deserve it. That no. wasn't as much of a fight as I thought it was going to be. No, yeah, it no, was not really a fight. So uh, just to kind of like the only one take, leading. <laughs> just to kind of like take a step back and give like a kind of a, a higher level picture at all of this. Black Box Down is unusual because it's 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 part of a company called Rooster Teeth, but I feel like there is a large number of Black Box Down listeners who don't know what Rooster Teeth is necessarily. And uh, Rooster Teeth is uh, like the company that makes a lot of different internet videos, produces a lot of podcasts, and Black Box Down is one of the podcasts that Rooster Teeth makes. So it's not like Black Box Down went out and found animators to make the show. Uh, mm-hmm. You all work at Rooster Teeth on a variety of animated shows that we have. And it just so happened this became a project that became, uh, uh, someone decided like, yeah, let's spend some time uh, working on that. That's, that's true. But for the most part, the things that we animate from like other podcasts from Rooster Teeth all have a very wacky comedy element to them and not so much this kind of like educational, informative kind of, (laughs) kind of angle to them. So, this is why it was such an interesting new project to take on, and uh, it kind of had an adjustment. And we were had we were having to not um, kind of rely on some of the other things we rely on, as far as like habits that we usually follow when we come up with a new show to animate. Yeah, this is like just as an example. There's other animations of like me getting into a fight with an old man at Goodwill, like <laughs> Gus being, you know, getting into a fight with a squirrel in his backyard. Like <laughs> I mean, a little different. It's a, it's, a, yeah. it's a lot more like tra- what people think of as a cartoon, right? Yeah. As opposed right. to like what you're talking about, like educational slash ed- like edutainment type uh, angle that black box, that aviation explanation does. Usually we take, you know, the name of the podcast and just slap the word animated or animated adventures <laughs> at, at the end of it. And we were calling this black box down animated for a long time. And uh, I, I was a little worried about, about that. We, we had to come up with another name because we didn't want to mislead the audience to think that this was going to be a very fun, yeah, uh, wacky, wacky cartoon show. There's only so many jokes you can make when you're describing a plane crash. It's like you have to be very <laughs> careful about how you approach it. We Yeah, we kicked around a lot of different names. Oh, there was a, like a really long list. I think everyone yeah. in this podcast, in this particular episode, I think all of us saw them at one point or another and just like trying to whittle it down. Like what what's appropriate conveys what the show is without being zany or like (laughs) (laughs) or like overly like there were a lot of niche uh airplane terms that Mm. we threw out there that we were worried nobody would understand i'm gonna look real fast and see if i can find what some of the other names that we kicked around were i don't know if you remember any of them jordan i cannot for the life of me remember any of them because uh, (laughs) my favorite part of that meeting was that you threw out aviation explanation pretty early on and we were like, yeah, that's pretty good. And then we made sure that we came up with every other conceivable idea uh, <laughs> to make sure that it was the best the best one. And it was. Got it in one, but had to be sure. That yes. is like 
super common though. I feel like when you're like coming up with names for shows, it's like mm. you'll come up and be like, "Well, there's got. What if there's something better? Listen, you know." And then like you're like, "It's," and you'll just go for like months mm. sometimes. And you, you get really lost in the weeds, and then like you'll forget about the first thing you said and be like, "Hold on, how come? Why? Why didn't we settle on this? <laughs> <laughs> it's been here the whole time." But I guess yeah. What was? Is there any particular moment that was like like a serious moment that you're like, "Oh, how do we handle this?" That was like a challenge, you know, like. Doing that shift in tone, you know, from like co- straight comedy. Yeah, it's it's what Al and I really worked on trying to figure out right from the beginning, which was, you know, we don't want to overplay like the incident or like make it like gratuitously like overly dramatic to try to like elicit emotion because the show is uh, the the podcast is so, you know, very informative and just kind of like focusing on like what's going on with the airplane and not mm-hmm. so much like driving up the the drama of, you know, the incident. So we were looking for moments from episodes that are just like the really explaining explaining parts that, um, you know, really uh, show off like what's going on with the plane, like what is pitch and how do you demonstrate that? And um, how do we not make it too distracting like you know the, the, the reason like a lot of the backgrounds are gray and the plane is silhouetted is so that we can focus on the things happening to them and make those in color and you know your eye is kind of more drawn to that stuff so you just get more information and don't worry about the high drama of the incident mm-hmm. yeah we we really can pilot haha where the viewer sees <laughs> <laughs> gonna be gonna be a lot of that al <laughs> i'm so sorry i i for, for the record real fast sorry to sorry to Sidetrack. I found our list of proposed names. Oh no! Oh no! Here we go. There are so many on here. There's got to be forty different names that. We there was one point here. where we were just reading a like an aviation glossary and saying words. <laughs> I, think, I think that joke actually made it into the shows. Like there, at one point, Chris's character holds up a glossary of aviation terms. Yes. <laughs> Guess you're gonna give us some. I, I put them here in Discord so you all can see uh, the entire list that we oh came gosh. up with. Whoa. But uh, the top two other ones that we thought we thought about were speed brakes, which because mm-hmm. it was kind of like quick aviation, you know, explanation, like kind of just like short, shortened versions of the episodes. Plain and simple. I really like plain and simple. Yeah, plain and simple. Plain and simple. P L A N E, of course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then we just have like a bunch of other aviation terms that we talked about. Like we have. Black box down, uh, deep dives slash nose dives with a quote <laughs> next to it. It says too dark question mark <laughs> <laughs> on approach, go rounds, touch and goes puddle jumps. I thought puddle jumps was pretty cute, but that, yeah. but does that, does that give off the right tone? A cute no, title yes, yeah. for it. That Sounds was, like that was kind of the problem. <laughs> it's a good name for something else. You know, maybe like cat videos. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy to me how much. We 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 agonized over it, and mm-hmm. um, you know, and it still ended up uh, with what Jordan like Jordan said. We still ended up with like the first one that we came up with. <laughs> so early on, when we were you know working on this, and uh, not when we when you guys were working on this, I remember you know uh, Al would send us you know uh, animatics or storyboards and just kind of like figuring out the way everything laid together. And I think it was maybe by the time we saw 
I, re- I think it was like when you sent over the second episode, I sent Al a Slack and I was like, hey, <laughs> yeah. by any chance, you don't have an aviation background, do you? <laughs> <laughs> You're not secretly a pilot, right? Because <laughs> <laughs> I was like, these are really good. Like, this is like dead on. Like, it was almost like looking at, sometimes it was like looking in the cockpit or looking at what everything would actually look like. It was all laid out. And I was I, like, I remember reaching out because I was like, Either he's done this, either he's been, he is a pilot or he's spent time in a cockpit before. I don't understand why everything looks so good. That's what I was saying. He he did so much work whenever he handed over the files. I was like, I don't, I cannot add anything to this. There's already a million details everywhere and everything. Well, a lot, a lot of the work I think was done by the NTSB and like all of these boards that like do everything <laughs> because they'll, they'll paste all of the brand names of these things and I can like go to the page and look at the Honeywell transponder version six point something whatever, and <laughs> that's what I was like, going to make say. sure that the <laughs> buttons are right. And like the the reference material is just so there. The kind of like work Al does is looking up the NTSB report of the incident on his own and making sure he gets all the details right and accurate. And like it was a discussion too. We were like, you know, one of the benefits of settling on kind of just like having a simple. Uh, silhouette of the plane as like the main uh the main art style was so that it could be kind of modular and uh you know we could make small adjustments to it without having to draw an entirely Mm -hmm. new plane and uh you know i think one of our producers even suggested like oh we could just use the same plane for every episode and i knew gus wasn't gonna like that (laughs) he was gonna notice the differences and it was gonna bother him um so i think Al also took it on upon himself to like learn about every type of plane. <laughs> yeah, they were also labeled in the animation library all correctly, and I was like, "Oh my gosh, these are all <laughs> wow!" <laughs> planes. I, I remember at one point uh, we were we were going back and forth about the midair collision over Brazil, and Al and I had a long discussion about where is the transponder in an Embraer because it like it wasn't very obvious. Uh-huh. <laughs> It didn't necessarily look good. So then Al was like, well, what if we fudge this one and just kind of like put it here and make it look more recognizable? And I think that's maybe like the most deviation that was taken from reality was that one. And it's on screen for like, what, like five seconds in total in that episode? For the most part, I'm I'm, I'm all about like fudging things wherever we can because I my thought was like, you know, not everyone, so someone's not going to know exactly like where the transponder on the Embraer is, you know, so we can get away with it. But I, in the, for this project, the, in the back of my head, I always knew like somebody like Gus or just <laughs> Gus was going to know and be like, wait, really going to bother me. Like, <laughs> yeah, that is incorrect. Like the, I think with that specific incident, they didn't know, like it, it I guess it reinforced how it was kind of confusing to be in that cockpit because like there was no way to tell just at a glance how to do that where like some planes the transponder thing is like very front and center and labeled and that one is like a sub menu in one little screen somewhere it's just it's it's interesting to learn this much about it while also i don't making an educational thing it makes a lot of sense <laughs> so and that's the thing i was like there there's so many like visual things that i know we've been doing so many episodes of the show that then for the first time when seeing the show like animated, I was like, Oh, I, I, I could visualize <laughs> it accurately now, but is it, I mean, was there anything that was like the biggest, like when you're animating trying to, is there anything like, Oh, this is too complicated. We have to like 
get rid of it because there's too much stuff on screen, like where it's too much to look at. Or because like I look at a cockpit, I'm like a lot of buttons, a lot of yeah. buttons. I remember the second episode with um, the pilots getting lost on the runway in the fog. Mm-hmm. That one, I listened to it like just with the audio only, and then I kind of like listened to that section again with the map up and like was kind of able to figure it out. And so I remember being very particular about how we were going to portray this so that we could uh, like show the information accurately as it's happening so that it doesn't get too confusing. And it had a lot to do with like labeling each runway accurately and drawing arrows of like where they were supposed to go and then showing where they ended up going. That one I think was really complicated. That helped just because even though the background was so detailed with all the gray labels, whenever, you know, Gus or Chris said a number or a label, it w- we would make it glow just so your eye kind of mm-hmm. knew what we were talking about. But it was there was still a lot of detail. But in the development of that, there are actually two different versions of that airport. Like there's the current one that they fixed where there's only four way intersections. And then there's the old one that caused <laughs> all the problems where they have like eight way intersections. <laughs> It was like having to find the right reference. He learned a lot about the old Detroit airport. (laughs) (laughs) If you're looking for a new hobby, look no further than learning a new language with Babbel. Babbel is the addictively fun, fast and easy language learning app that has sold more than 10 million subscriptions. Uh, It's got a bunch of great languages in there. Uh, I myself have been looking at Spanish. I grew up speaking Spanish, but I thought, you know, I never took formal classes or anything. I was like, oh, this should be interesting. I've learned a lot. I've learned that uh, maybe some things I, I thought I knew about Spanish weren't actually correct. Or if you don't know a language already, maybe you could just pick up a new one. Why not, right? Become a citizen of the world. Babbel's 15-minute lessons make it the perfect way to learn a new language on the go. Other language learning apps use AI for their lessons plans. But Babbel lessons are created by over 100 language experts. Their teaching method has been scientifically proven to be effective. You can choose from 14 different languages like Spanish, French, Italian, German. Plus, Babbel's speech recognition technology helps you improve your pronunciation and accent. Right now, when you purchase a three-month Babbel subscription, you'll get an additional three months for free. That's six months for the price of three. Just go to babbel.com. Use promo code BLACKBOXDOWN. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com. Code BLACKBOXDOWN. Babbel, language for life. It's somehow already almost March, which means it's still cold out there. Stay in and stay warm with HelloFresh. HelloFresh delivers pre-portioned ingredients to your door, including farm fresh produce that arrives within a week. So you get all the convenience and quality without any of the trips to the grocery store or food waste. Keep warm with limited time recipes inspired by cozy classics from around the globe, like beef tenderloin and cheese fondue or miso sesame shrimp and bacon ramen. Speaking of options, HelloFresh offers 50 menu and market items to choose from each week, including veggie, fit and wholesome, family-friendly, and gourmet options. I love HelloFresh. I think all of the products are super high quality, uh, super convenient to make. I think it's fun. I like having a project. It, It breaks all the steps down. Super simple, so even a dummy like me can read it, figure it out. And then when I'm done, I get to eat something that's so delicious and so good. So go to HelloFresh.com slash BlackBoxDown16. Use code BlackBoxDown16 for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. That's HelloFresh.com slash BlackBoxDown16 and code BlackBoxDown16 for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. America's number one meal kit. You're about to hear a preview of The Jordan Harbinger Show with former mafia underboss Sammy the Bull Gravano. My mother and father bought me a bike. They were broke. It was a Schwinn. I had to take care of it. Can first day out, somebody stole it. I go running down there. The bar is right across the street where the wise guys hung out. I grabbed the bike and I started fighting. These kids were older than me, bigger than me. 
I was fighting the two of them. I was crying. I was getting beat up a little bit, but I was fighting like a bastard. One of them guys from the cross the street walked over. Another guy from across the street yelled to him, what's going on? He said, no, and this kid Sam, you see him? He was fighting these fucking kids. You see the way he was fighting? He's like a little fucking bull. I think a piece of me died on every one of those murders. Maybe I'm getting old. I actually become emotional. To hear more about how Sammy rose in the ranks to become one of the most notorious gangsters of all time, check out episode 587 and 588 of The Jordan Harbinger Show. In regards to cockpits, I actually only drew half of a cockpit, and I just copy, pasted, and flipped it. <laughs> so if you look at that drawing, I only, I, I, I half-assed that drawing, and then copy-pasted to a whole ass, I guess. Gus well, Isn't that how they make cockpits? I think so. Probably. Usually, sometimes there's there are there can be differences from one side to another. So if you're going to get really particular, in some instances, yeah, it would be different. Everyone can get mad at me <laughs> for doing that. <laughs> in terms of just like yeah, translating from you know real life or audio to like animation, was it challenging accurately depicting how handsome Gus and I are? Like in a cartoon, I know in like in a cartoon it looks goofier, but you know, we're both so classically handsome that, you know. I mean, Al drew the the good sketch of of you two and we were just like, look at those happy boys and we just <laughs> we, we we use them and the and um I really think whenever they pop up in the animation, they really you guys definitely helped I guess ease the drama, like even though you were still, you know, very ex you explained everything and, and Chris would react to it, it would still kind of like it, it would pull you back to to not be so tension, like a lot of tension because you guys definitely kept it very entertaining. Yeah, we we were very particular about like the rules for when like the Gus and the Chris animated versions yeah. pop in and it's to like either reinforce something or to like do a deeper dive explanation into something. Or uh, if it's just Chris, it's like he comes up and like looks at the image behind him and is like <laughs> kind of confused, like w where the audience might be a little confused and need more explanation. Yeah. Chris yeah. definitely react like the reactions we made him do were just like pretty much the animators were like, Oh my God, during the scene, I was like <laughs> reacting the same exact way. Yeah. yeah I mean, I, I do think I, like watching them, the, you accurately depict like my face. Like when I watch something, I, and this is even when I'm thinking about it, I always like my face reacts very like, I'm like, Ooh, I re I reenact it all the time. And like, I would be watching it and I'd f see myself acting exactly how I looked in the animated form. So it was like really, really y'all nailed it. I think it's it, it's a, um advantage to have been animating you in other forms for years and years too. In and an Andrew in particular is very good at animating uh, those Chris moments. I, I will I will say that the models of you two have both, you know, happy and frowny mouths. We, we used Way more frowny mouths in this animation than happy ones. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of like individual parts of the face and individual assets, I think one of my favorite things about the fact that, you know, you, that you made this series is that now in our internal company Slack, the image of just my eyeglasses with my eyes in them is available <laughs> as, an, as a reaction emoji. <laughs> Al made Slack. that. Al, Al made that one, yeah. It's just... I use it all nice. the time. <laughs> It's just slightly it, raised. It's got eyebrows. a very it's like, ooh. yeah. It's got a very kind of like smarmy uh, look about it. <laughs> it's a good emoji. It's just like it's just like I see you. I I, I acknowledge <laughs> what's going on, and I'm I'm watching. <laughs> it's, 
Do y'all have any favorite like moments or, or like little animation thing? Because I have a couple things that I think are like my favorite, but I want to hear y'all's favorites. Well, I, I don't know if it really counts, but I, I made the little simple intro and I had a lot of fun of, you know, it's one of those like cartoon things where yeah, the characters pop on screen. They're all happy and they stare. And then the little the airplane ding happens and then the, the scary title comes on and I made you guys like react like, oh, oh, no, yeah, what are you yeah. in for? <laughs> that was a lot of fun to do. But it is really well done too. It's like it sums it up well with like the like just kind of oh ooh. yeah like uh-oh. <laughs> yeah. well that that's one of my favorite moments was the second episode with all the fog. Like Gus describes how a one runway can be named two different things, so they're on the same runway facing each other, and then the fog comes in, and then you see that they're like nose to nose, and you just go oh oh. Oh, <laughs> like you just feel everything drop. It's, yeah, that that episode kind of coming together uh, was the moment, like when we realized, like, okay, I think I think we can do something that's very informative and very entertaining because there is this moment of realization uh, where you kind of see the incident kind of get set up and then paid off, and you're like, oh no. <laughs> Well, yeah. I think that that particular episode was extremely confusing in audio format. And I think, you know, that was like a prime episode to choose to to animate and to visualize. Because I remember when like when you show that, you show the runway and then you show like a 180 degree turn. You'd be like, oh, look, it's the same runway, which kind of like leads <laughs> to that light bulb moment. Mm -hmm. Yeah. One thing I'm particularly proud of is alternate law Two. I kind of want. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> I want that in a printed form on a shirt or a poster or something. We talked about that. That logo is very good. <laughs> but the, the whole explanation of what alternate law Two is was very well done because like most people, I always thought of autopilot just being this binary on off thing. It's like either the plane is is flying for you or it isn't. But. It has all these other restrictions, apparently. <laughs> and so, like, demonstrating that and visualizing that, I think, was uh, very interesting. Well, yeah. not even, like, not even dealing with alternate law. Like, even when it's operating under normal law, and we, we know this has been covered in some of the other episodes, too. It's just, like, the different modes you can put autopilot into. It's like, oh, how is it going to behave in this mode? Then, oh, asterisk, it's in this mode, but also in alternate law. It's it's such there's so much that goes into that. But you're you're absolutely right, Al. I agree. I need to follow up with the store team and see if we can get like alternate law to like tour poster or something made. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was going to say, because I have this written down, my favorite thing about the animations is the way you portrayed autopilot. Like as a little robot, <laughs> Auto. and sometimes little robots <laughs> fighting each other, or like you know, like two little robots, and they're like, you know, arguing, or you know, like it's it's right, it, like the the two different robots, and like the robot fighting the pilot yeah. sometimes. <laughs> yeah, well, it's like visual. It, it it I don't know. It like makes it a character in a way that like mm -hmm. I don't think you think about autopilot, but the way it p behaves in the plane sometimes is it is like a character that's also he's a reoccurring character yeah. now yeah he's yeah. He, yeah he's 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 got a guest starring role in many of our episodes <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah in the in the layer order i i just call him auto auto wasn't that the autopilot's name in airplane oh i'm, I'm really old aren't i yeah, yeah no, no, no i know what you're talking about it's, the way it's, it's like it's the the yeah. inflatable pilot the inflatable his name's yeah. auto o-t-t-o -O -O. i guess also the name of the autopilot in wally oh yeah yeah you're right but he oh, wasn't inflatable big, yeah the big the big wheel for our, for our younger listeners. Yeah, I get that <laughs> reference. Well, that being said, it, it's weird. Like I mentioned earlier, 
Black Box Down is a it's kind of a an outlier in all the different shows that Rooster Teeth produces because the audience, like I said, doesn't have as much overlap as some of our other projects. And also the audience that listens to Black Box Down is a bit older than the normal target audience we have for a lot of our other projects. So the listeners, they're going to appreciate my airplane joke, the classic yeah. uh, 70s, <laughs> 70s comedy. <laughs> but they're not that old. Like, <laughs> Maybe they are. Well, no, I'm saying like, you know, uh, uh, you're not calling them old. You're saying yeah. older. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're still with it. Distinguished. Yeah, yeah. Distinguished. I, I was curious, like how long, I mean, obviously there's a lot of prep that goes into making a show, like at the forefront, like designing the characters and the animations and the assets. But then once you have all that, how long does it take to animate an, a show or just from like, say, five minutes? Like, how long does that take? What's that process like? Well, we the way we did it was every episode we kind of split between two animators. Mm -hmm. And I think between two people, it took us about like a week, a week and a half per person. So I guess like, you know, a week and a half for like three ish minutes. But there were definitely some some parts that were that had way more assets and, you know, some that didn't. But I think that was yeah, we split it between two. It was about a week and a half for three minutes. And that's you're talking about just the animation. Yeah, that's after it's already been like storyboarded. Oh, God. Yeah, Al, Al did way more work before that. I was going to say this is also kind of unique in that it's almost a straight like adaptation from the animatic. Like usually it's animatic. We skip some steps. <laughs> They're very sure. rough, and uh, you kind of just you know drop in your models and your characters um, and animate on top of it. And then the background comes in. But this, you know, this is so much of the animatic that Al made was kind of already kind of looking like the final product so he was able to make a lot of his assets from the program he was using to make the animatic into things uh, we can manipulate in the animation software like it was we were able to transfer them so like there was oh. no modeling phase for the most part and um you know it was kind of just like taking the things uh from from the animatic and just making the move you know doing doing the movement so even even with uh that kind of head start it still takes a while to to do i, I might be dumb i am uh but like the animation process okay so like rewinding and taking a step back you take the audio right you then you do like do like storyboards and mm -hmm. then so the podcast audio already exists so like that we get a cut of that and then from that, I do a rough of like all the scenes that could work. And then we edit those roughs. And then from those roughs, I do like a pass where I'm basically making the assets for each of those shots. And then I hand that off to animation once it's done. It's usually like five to seven minutes. And for me, that's that's probably like two to three weeks of work, depending on how complicated the uh -huh. incident is. And then Andrew and his team take care of it after that. Well, if I could like take it like a step back here, I think a common question that people have when they watch animated entertainment like this is a common question I always read is, what software do you use? Like people want to know, like <laughs> what even is that? Like Jordan keeps saying, oh, we run it through the software. Like it's kind of ambiguous. Like, is there anything you could tell someone who's watching? Like, this is what we use to make this. So the reason that it's so easy for the stuff I make to be used by the animation team is that we're using two different programs made by the same company. Toon Boom makes uh, Storyboard Pro and Harmony, uh, and Storyboard Pro is where we make storyboards, and then Harmony is what uh, Andrew and team use to animate. And everything, Al, Al can save different file types that 
like he can use in Storyboard Pro and then he'll just save it as a different file type and then I can open it in Harmony and it's it's all right there. So it's real nice. It's like it lets us skip a bunch of steps with like the layout phase and everything. It's just hmm. like I all that stuff is decided in the storyboard phase and I hand it off and then somehow it doesn't break and it's good. <laughs> yeah <laughs> usually for for our other like bigger scale animated shows uh-huh. uh the animatic and the storyboards are just you know drawings that l does but in this one he's kind of he's kind of making the assets for us to use uh in animation so it does it does skip some steps in between because usually it's you have the drawing and then you're bringing in the characters and you're setting them up and then uh you know meanwhile somebody's making the background and then you add the background in so it's um it's a very efficient way to do a show and it works out really well yeah i was amazed when we were you know seeing some of the early storyboard stuff that al was you know showing us i was amazed at how much the final product looked like that it was like oh mm-hmm. <laughs> the, the final product just looks like they added color and motion <laughs> you know there's some more frames in there now but it was it was really it seemed you know obviously it's not one to one but it seemed really close to uh, the final product, very close to the storyboards that were that were shown initially when we were looking at some of these uh, episodes. Yeah, we don't do that for every show, but for this one, it just it just so happened to work out better that way. Is there anything that was like didn't translate or didn't work or like messed up, and you're like, I got to re- redo this, or you know what I mean, like just a, some animation or moment, anything? Nothing was really messed up, but definitely the Gus and Chris models they. We had to, you know, do those from scratch because those had to go through the usual um, modeling and rigging from from our uh, our tech artist, you, to then use. So everything Al drew with those two guys, we did have to do from scratch. But that, I mean, everything else transferred pretty, pretty nicely. Yeah, it's also a thing where we try to limit how many cases of like those kind of uh, rigged characters we're going to have. Um, mm-hmm. Like we haven't done any like actual people in any of the the animations yet because for me for me my my thinking was like we only want to see gus and chris because they're explaining it and we don't want to like represent the actual people because sometimes these people aren't going to make it to the end of the story so uh so we try to keep it very removed from from anything personal and just focus on the plane but there there are some um uh, we have some audio cut where it really focuses on what's going on in the cockpit. And mm-hmm. I think that one's going to be difficult uh, if we end up animating that one. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Tease. Tease. <laughs> <laughs> Nervous sweating sounds. In some of them, you'll have, I don't know, like the pilot speaking and you just show the text even rather than. Right. Yeah, the- that that was a very conscious choice to just like, you know, keep it outside of the plane and just show mm-hmm. the discussion as it's happening and. You know, not not focus on the the pilot behind like the the joystick sweating yeah. and talking into yeah. the, the headset. You know, yeah, we don't yeah, really like, want to point at them and like look at them; they're messing up. It's like yeah, yeah this this is yeah. the transcript. Flying is already kind of stressful, so we don't want people to be watching something in their free time for entertainment and be like, <laughs> oh god, I yeah. don't want to fly again. Like the sweating, I think is like me or Gus sweating. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, you'll show that. Yeah. So in y'all's reaction, there's enough. Yeah. So it's like one, it's like a little removed. It's like. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. We try to, we try to keep it, keep, keep you like a passive observer as much as possible. I think it's like similar to, you know, something we were had to be very conscious of when we started the the podcast initially was, you know, what 
tone do you take? Like these right. are serious things that involve real people, you know, that have real consequences to to lives into this day. It's like we don't want to approach it in too lighthearted of a fashion or, you know, lay uh, I, I, like you just have to strike a balance between how yeah. how much you personify the individuals versus talking mm-hmm. about the incident as a whole. And I think that tone that you guys set in the in the show is is really what we took a um, you know took as a as a lead by example for uh, animating it. And I think it I think it works out pretty well. And I guess would say like animating. I mean, it's this long process, but like, what is the most rewarding thing about is it like reading comments from people on that watch it or like seeing the final product or a little of everything or watching comments come in is always a little nerve-wracking especially for the first episode of something new because it was already rewarding for us to have it kind of come together kind of Mm -hmm. like what i mentioned earlier where we were like aha this this (laughs) could be a thing and then this is work it's working yeah yeah, we we all like it and then you know the worry is then showing it to everyone being like meh but yeah. uh, from the like from this. the first episode, people really uh, really saw the value in it and thought it was really interesting and um, had a new appreciation for moments from uh, the the podcast to be able to see them animated. So if you're if you're listening, thank you for leaving comments and and and, and nice and, comments. Yeah, and, and sharing <laughs> it with people because that really helps. I mean, that means that everyone worked really hard on it, and it's cool. Uh, that y'all are doing that so thank you and speaking of like positive interactions i feel like it's a it's a good segue to to plug another project of ours um we uh we have an event in austin this summer rtx oh yeah where you know we'll do we'll i don't I, it's not 100 the programming is not 100 percent done but i'm i'm pretty positive we'll have a black box down panel and possibly an aviation explanation one as well uh so if you'd like to you know to meet us and people involved in these projects, you know, this would be a great place to do it down in Austin, Texas. There's more information about that at rtxevent.com. I wasn't good planning on talking about it. It's just like, mm-hmm. hey, as long as we're talking about these things, it seems like a natural thing to also mention. And yeah. Gus will be cosplaying as a pilot. <laughs> <laughs> I, 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 I might actually be a pilot by then. <laughs> so it wouldn't be cosplaying. It'd just be yeah. like, he'd just, just be, be uh, a pilot. He's just Gus. You'd just be dressing on for, duty. Yeah. On duty. <laughs> <laughs> Austin's fun, so if you ever ever been wanting for a reason to come to Austin, <laughs> I, I will. I will be driving to the convention center. Lame. <laughs> so you know, um, I assume this isn't the first. I, I don't know the answer to this. I assume this isn't the first project you all have worked on. Like, how long have you all been working in you know this kind of animation field? How old am I now? Oh man, <laughs> uh, I, I think I think it's been like six, seven, seven-ish years. I've been with Rooster Teeth. Since like 2016, so it's. it's I feel like Gus. Gus asked this question to make me feel old because (laughs) for me it's been it's been almost 12 years. Wow. (laughs) uh, Since specifically like this type of animation, I started doing the Rooster Teeth podcast animation uh, in 2010, and when I first started working here, Gus was my manager. That's how long ago mm-hmm. it was. <laughs> there were only like 10 of us working in the company at the time. Exactly. So I was like, well, I guess it, better, it might as well be me. <laughs> Gus was like, I do the podcast. I guess this falls under me. <laughs> you taught yourself how to animate by animating the Rooster podcast mm-hmm. and then was doing it just like for fun. Yeah. So that's also how long I've been animating. <laughs> I've, I've been working uh, professionally on art stuff since 20. 20- 10 uh but i started at rooster teeth on ruby volume 3 which i like i did storyboards beforehand but for like 
mobile game cutscenes, which are kind of a different beast. Um, uh, but I've actually been drawing planes since forever because my first drawing book was how to draw jets. Um, oh. So I guess oh. I need to have for this my whole experience, life. Gus. You were right. That is the answer. (laughs) (laughs) Al prepped so many years ago for this. (laughs) Well, I think it's interesting just hearing like, uh, you know, the the breadth of experience that everyone has. And you shouldn't feel so old, Jordan. Al's also been doing it 12 years. I guess that's true. The other thing that I think is interesting is, uh, like we mentioned, you know, all those years ago, Jordan just started animating like as a project to teach himself how to animate. And that's one of the reasons I wanted to ask about, like, what software do you use? Because, like, if we have a listener who's interested in animation, you know, they could conceivably also, I guess, just start practicing or just start trying to learn some of these programs to, it's true. you know, maybe make something themselves. If I can do it, you can too. <laughs> I like that approach to things where it's like, it's it like when the tools are readily available and democratized and the information's just out there, like, there's nothing really stopping you from learning. You know, if you've got a PC and you can, uh, you know, license some software, uh, you can start figuring it out yourself. Yeah. And that's the great thing about podcasting. You just need to buy a microphone. You know, you might already have one. You just get a microphone, plug it into your computer and start talking. That's all you need. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, thanks for uh, taking the time to to talk with us. Uh, I thought it was really interesting. Uh, yeah. Just yeah. to just to hear about the, the hear more about the process, because even though we worked on this together, we've never sat down and I've never asked, like, how do you do this? Like, I just see video files and I give notes on that. Well, yeah, thanks for having us. This was fun. I yeah, appreciate it. That was great. Again, if you haven't uh, seen it yet, uh, check it out. It's on our link tree uh, and also roosterteeth.com or black box down on uh, YouTube. Watch it so we can make more. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Leave a positive comment. Yes. yes. We positive do read those. <laughs> and we Tell have what a great job they did. And we'll be back with another regular episode uh, here real soon on March 3rd, I believe, is when we come back with regular episodes. So uh, we'll talk with you all then. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Jordan made the sound. Yeah. Big fan. <laughs> <laughs>